Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 145 of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It's trade deadline week, and uh, joining me to talk about all the festivities in Hawksland is uh, a previous guest of the podcast, a good friend of mine. His name is Bo Cherney. What's up, man? Not much. I'm ready for some trade deadline chaos, of which the NBA has already given us, thanks to the Kings and the Lakers going through Kings. complete madness. But ready to see if the Hawks decide to get in on that or not. Yeah, we, we, we will see uh, for sure. I mean, there's not a whole lot going on in Hawksland at this moment. There is the one uh, sort of pseudo-rumor that's not even a rumor that came uh, to be today as we record on Tuesday. I wrote about it a little bit, but uh, Mike Scott of Basketball Insiders reported the Hawks have some interest in P.J. Tucker uh, of the Suns. That's a guy who, who actually heard about about a month ago, um, and he doesn't really move the needle a ton. Um, your, your reaction to that would be what? Uh, knowing P.J. Tucker is uh, an expiring contract. For those people that don't know, he's from the Phoenix Suns. He's okay. He's a good, he's a good, good defensive player uh, on an expiring, fairly cheap, I believe, $5 million deal this year. Would that excite you at all? Would that anger you at all? What, what would your thoughts be on P.J. Tucker? That would be, it seems like, a perfect, I don't want to say perfect, the quintessential Hawks move. You, you know, you would hear... <laughs> All this stuff, you know, all the trade rumors we've heard for the past month and a half now, I guess, um, since whenever the Hawks traded Kyle. After all the rumors that have been had, you know, oh, will they trade Millsap? Will they make a big move? Will they buy at the deadline? Um, if all of that turns into P.J. Tucker, that would be, I feel like, the most quintessential Hawks move ever. Yeah, that's about right. I actually like PJ Tucker, so I, I feel like I'm like kind of crapping on him. He, I'm really not. He's actually pretty decent, but I'm on record as saying you know anything that uh, the Hawks do that does not impact the long term future in terms of a guy they acquire doesn't really matter to me unless they give up assets. Then I'll be un- unhappy about it. And Tucker is a guy who they could probably have for pretty cheap, but he's only signed this season. And while he might make the Hawks you know slightly better. If they went out and did that, it wouldn't really do much, and that hopefully they would not be giving up anything of the future because that would be a mistake in my, at least in my opinion, uh, to have that marginal upgrade. Was that sound about right to you? Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, he doesn't move the needle this year. He, you said he's an expiring. Uh, it, there's, I mean, it's not much of an upgrade. He's a good, like you said, he's not bad. He's he would fit with the team. I think you know he's a decent defender. Um, he can shoot the corner three. Uh, you know, he can pick up some garbage buckets here and there. Uh, I mean, he, he's a good bench player, but that's not a guy that's like, I feel like it's not a guy you move things for to have him for two and a half months. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Not. I would hope not. I would hope not. Aside from like, <laughs> I mean, people mentioned like a second round pick and speculation. Uh, if, you know, if, if the Hawks wanted to trade their, their own second round pick this year for Tucker, then, you know, whatever, that's fine. 
Um, if it was the Nets pick, I would actually not do that because that's basically a first-round pick. That's going to be the number 31 overall pick, and that's actually a really valuable place to be, and I would not trade that for P.J. Tucker. But, you know, the Hawks pick will probably be, you know, what, somewhere around 50, uh, 50 overall, I'd imagine, the second-round pick. And uh, that, mm-hmm. sure, at that point in time, uh, I'd be okay with it. But, uh, again, not, not a ton of uh, moving yeah. parts there. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I don't feel like if you could do that and get P.J. Tucker, sure. But I don't feel like that gets you P.J. Tucker because there's no reason for the Suns to do that. Yeah, it would have to so. be like, yeah, that's the thing. Whatever the Suns would take, I wouldn't trade probably unless, they, unless they're really interested in Mike Scott. If it was Mike Scott and then that oh, pick, then sure. But uh, aside from that, I can't God, imagine that I, happening. Mike Scott's just been so bad this year, so he has. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like we haven't talked about it a lot on the podcast. So I guess we could talk about it a little bit here. You know, Mike, last even you know, as recently as a year ago, had a really nice year, had the best year of his career, and was like looking like a valuable-ish bench piece. Uh, this year, he had the injury stuff in training camp. Didn't really have training camp, and now um, he's not playing. To be fair, so it's not like he's had this huge opportunity to to actually show out this year. But um, when he has played, he's been brutal, and there's a reason he's uh, not playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with. Some of the depth issues we've gone through a little bit this year where there's been injuries at certain points. Obviously, after the Kyle trade, there was some you know moving pieces along in the rotation where there was plenty of time to be had by anybody. I mean, you look at it, you see uh, Chris Humphreys getting min- a lot of minutes recently when he wasn't before. Yeah, so there were definitely There were definitely <laughs> minutes up for grab. And if Mike Scott couldn't grab them at all, I mean – Obviously, his play this year has been terrible, but if you couldn't grab any of those minutes based on what he's been doing in practice or stuff off the court, you know, that's I think that's really telling about his future. And like you said, last year he was, you know, borderline great as a defensive player. He shot well. And you would think, you know, if he'd brought that same talent or whatever it is that he lost into this year with Dwight, you would generally think that might be a good bench piece. But it's just it hasn't happened. So I don't know, man. It's just sad. <laughs> yeah, sad's a good way to put it. I mean, I, I kind of always liked Mike and sort of sour and then came back last year, to be honest. Like, even with, and you mentioned Dwight, I think Scott would be sort of the best option as a backup for with, with Dwight Howard in a vacuum because he spaces the floor. You know, Dwight has always been better when he has shooters around him, but Mike, for whatever reason, hasn't been able to get any footing this year. But uh, we got sidetracked there on Mike Scott, but uh, there you go. Mike Scott is probably not going to get traded for anything of value. And that's sort of the moral of the story. Um, you know, it is trade deadline week. I have to ask you, you know, most outs off the table. That's all we ever hear. That's probably not going to happen. He's going to be staying uh, staying put. But uh, with that sort of in mind, I wanted to ask you what Bo Cherney, the GM, would uh, be trying to do with the roster before the deadline right now. I think, obviously, uh, we can't, you know, have you have having uh, the ability to pull off crazy trades in the Hawks' favor. But what would your sort of overarching philosophy be right now if you were in charge of the operation? If I was in charge, I, I would be looking at, at least at this point, there's not a lot you can do. You've already committed to not tanking at this point. Like you said, we Millsap's pretty much staying. We know that. Um, so it's, you know, we, we know it's sort of, we didn't laugh it off. But we were like, you know, hey, it's P.J. Tucker. That's where, those were kind of the guys you kind of have to target at this point because if, I mean, if, you're looking to upgrade a little bit. It's about all you can do at this point. So you're looking at PJ Tucker, Terrence Jones, uh, 
whatever you might be able to pry away from the king since they're apparently just offloading everything for low, low prices. Uh, yeah, that's about it. It's, I mean, you'd have to look for these low-level guys that you think you can put through, you know, the quote-unquote Hawks University um, if you can find them. And, you know, maybe trade into the bench guys, low picks, but otherwise, I'd look at it as like, there, there's no groundbreaking move you can make here. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's, you know, a franchise shifting move. I mean, no, if, definitely if, not. I mean, yeah, at this point, uh, the way I look at it, it's like, if you were going to move Paul Millsap, you, I think you would have had to do it before now. Cause otherwise I don't know if you're getting that much with him on an expiring. Theoretically, I guess you could, but I, I, I don't see it. I mean, because I, I could see if like the Hawks were to make a deal of trading Paul Millsap right now, I see Hawks fans would probably be very, very upset with what the Hawks would be getting in return. Yeah, that's so, that's the most likely scenario. I think if they actually did, I mean, I thought that felt that, felt that way the whole time. You know, most of the fan base would not have liked that trade, whatever it looked like. I think even in discussing it with some people, I found that you know my my asking price would have been a lot lower than a lot of Hawks fans. They were expecting this like massive return back and. It kind of was just never going to happen um, with a guy on an expiring contract who's already going to be 32, and you're you know you're trading for the right to overpay Paul in the offseason. You know he's Paul's awesome, but he's the next contract's going to be a bad one. I think by everyone's estimation that knows uh, what they're talking about in the NBA world. I mean, unless Paul takes a massive discount, it's going to be a bad deal for whoever signs it. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I put it this way in terms of the whole arc, overarching thing. I would say in, you know in in order for me, I would rather uh, see the Hawks try to sell some pieces at the deadline. Um, obviously, you know most up off the table now, but you know. Guys like guys like Tabo, um, guys like guys like Mike Dunleavy Jr., uh, the guys who are on expiring contracts. I would like to see the Hawks try to get something for the deadline. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't expect that's probably going to happen, but at least explore that. Uh, but I would also I would, I would prioritize standing pat and kind of just doing nothing over trading for trading actual assets away for you know short term rentals because uh, this team I don't know if you agree with this or not and you can tell me if I, if you if, I, if I'm wrong here but this team uh, I think the ceiling is a first round exit uh, maybe maybe you get lucky and you win a four or five series in the first round and you can and you can have the right to lose to Cleveland in the second round I don't really think that's worth uh, and you know using an actual investment of future assets for a short term rental if they if they did a trade. I would hope that they look for someone who is cost controlled beyond this season. Uh, that would be my only requirement. Is that you know you're, you're, you're looking for value, but uh, value beyond this year would be huge for me. Uh, I don't know if you agree with all that, but that's kind of where I stand on it. Yeah, pretty much, I agree with that same train of thought. Is like there, there's not any big move you can make. Um, if there's small values to be had out there, you should go out and get them. If you can, like you said, if you if you can move one of the bench guys and you think you can get a better asset out of it for the future, that's not a bad trade. Uh, and you're pretty much spot on. This team's not going further than the first round, most likely. Um, obviously, that doesn't mean you just have to tank and blow it up, but uh, you have to look at your situation right now. You're already 50-something games in. Uh you know, you're pretty committed at this point to what this team is, I think. Um, you're just going to have to go forward and see if you can get anything. If you can get anything um, that's valuable long-term, you know, you should explore that. But otherwise, you know, that's what I prefaced it at the beginning. There's no really franchise-changing move to be had here. Um, so, I mean, 
<laughs> there's pretty much staying pats pretty much an, an option as we've seen in the past that's that's an option this administration or you know this leadership group is likely to take is just staying pat so yeah <laughs> i think that's about right i mean I, there was a report from chris Vivmore of the ajc i believe earlier in the week maybe I'm actually even doubling down today um, about this that you know the Hawks are kind of looking to straddle both sides you know Bud has been talking about um, looking to the future but also wanting to uh, be on the right side of things uh, for this year as well so I think you know standing past probably the most likely scenario but I definitely wanted to ask you about that if nothing else and uh, seems like we're kind of on the same page it's sort of a weird spot for the Hawks and we'll see what happens over the next you know 48 hours or so as we record this um, getting away from that though there are a couple of things I want to ask you about I talked to uh Thomas Jenkins actually yesterday on the podcast about uh, DeAndre Bembry and Torian Prince, kind of uh, the performance this season. I want to see what your opinion was on those guys and see, you know, have your uh, have, has your opinion changed at all on those guys over the last, you know, four, five, six, seven months now since they were drafted, or are they kind of what you expected them to be? I would say I don't know if my opinion's changed recently, but at least getting to see them play a little bit more in recent weeks, especially Bembry particularly, because, you know, Prince has been playing on and off for a couple of months now. But getting to see Bembry out there is nice. Uh, I see a lot, you know, confirming a lot of what I thought about him when we drafted him. You know, he seems like he can be a smart defender. He's a good passer. He seems like he, he understands the fundamentals, but it's just not quite there yet. He needs time. Obviously, he needs time to develop, you know, his shots all right but that's another thing that can also develop uh so in terms of just what my opinions changed i think most recently just it's just been nice to actually see them on the court uh not much else i mean yeah they I'm, both thought, like, I'm with you I, I, yeah it's, it's interesting on these Go guys on. like for both, both of these guys i feel like you know i feel the same about maybe on prince a little bit i've been surprised it's sort of a couple of things that he's been able to do on the court defensively and kind of uh, showing his, uh, his, his upside on that, on, on that end of the floor. There's some rookie mistakes on both sides. You know, Bembry's jump shot is non-existent mm-hmm. right now. That has to be fixed, but we kind of knew all that already. Um, so I'd like to see him play a little bit more in the second half uh, if possible, but I know the Hawks are looking to the playoffs and stuff like that. So I get why, but I was just wondering and curious what your thoughts were on the rookies, because I get asked about those guys a lot and uh, I'm kind of giving them, I give, I kind of give the same answer you do like, yep, we kind of know what these guys are, but um, hopefully they'll be able to impress in the next you know year. So I think next year we'll learn a lot more about these guys than we will this year, to be honest, when they're probably going to be tasked with bigger roles. I can't imagine that every wing on this team right now between Cephalosha and Hardaway are both, at least one of those guys won't, won't be back, I would imagine, next year. So that will give mm-hmm. the, the rookies more opportunity to play minutes. on, Even if the team sort of stays pat otherwise, I can't imagine that they both that, that, that they bring both expiring wings back. So opens up some playing time. I've encouraged that we'll see that we've seen Prince play some power forward recently um, because I think that he can actually do that long term. Maybe not as a primary position, but as a secondary one, that'd be a good thing to have as a small ball four option because he is big and physical. You know, standing next to him, I, I'm kind of surprised how big he is in the locker room. That, that's a, he's a power forward sized guy in 2017. Yeah, definitely. And that's good news for the Hawks that I think we're looking at two guys that they got in one draft. I mean, because you know, the past couple of drafts probably haven't gone as most people would have liked them. Don't say that, Bo, because so, now now the Tim Hardaway trade is a win. I was told <laughs> that by everyone. Uh, everyone wants to yell at me now that that was a great trade, even though Hardaway will be a free agent in two months. 
Yeah, so we've earned the right to overpay for Tim Hardaway Jr. Congratulations I to mean, everyone yeah. who thinks that. No, it, listen, I don't want yeah, to hate than on than Tim was. Hardaway because right. he's been playing great recently, but it's like you still traded at – I mean, that was – even if it looks good now, and even then that was a super risky trade that should have been hammered because you're trading – what was it? The fifteenth pick at the time. I mean, the fifteenth. Yeah, to it was fifteen. The moved back to nineteen. Yeah, and then yeah, to trade. But you're trading that, and even if fifteen's a you know a not a high value pick, you're still trading it for a guy who at the time was you know sort of floundering in his career, and you know it did take take a while for him to get to this point. That you know just because the Hawks can keep rehabbing this guy doesn't mean you should keep taking risks on those guys via first round picks so yeah that that deal yeah. Looks, that, that deal looks better now than i ever thought it would so i'll, I'll you know that's all, all credit to hardaway jr but uh any, anyway i'm glad someone agrees with me on this that it wasn't this still not a slam dunk as of now because uh by the way you get to pay him this summer if you want to keep him and if not you lose him so we can get yeah, out of in a hurry on that one. <laughs> yeah but anyways last thing on prince and bimbury it's nice to see you know two picks that we had from 2016 draft it looks like they belong in the nba obviously they need a lot of polish but there's a lot of you know to use one of the favorite cliches of the nba there's a lot of upside you know (laughs) yeah so so you know be fun to see how they develop over the next couple of years for sure. By the way, we have some breaking news on the podcast. I'm not sure if you saw this. It doesn't, it doesn't really pertain to the Hawks, but uh, former Hawk Lou Williams is going to be traded, it seems, from the Lakers to the Houston Rockets uh, in exchange for Corey Brewer and a first-round pick. So uh, Lou Will, uh, form, former Gwinnett County resident, does he still live here? I think he does. I think he still lives in Atlanta. And uh, Lou Williams was someone I played against in high school. So that's... Uh, uh a local product on the podcast. Lou's going to be going to the, to the Rockets. So for those of you asking me, and that this actually happened more than once this week about Lou Williams coming back to the Hawks, not an option anymore. Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't uh, really an option in the first place. No, for, it should have never been an option. Uh, Lou, Lou did not fit great here. And uh, him and Bud, I'm, I'm not sure, got along super well. Um, but, you know, not, not a great fit. But shout out to Lou Williams. Now gets to play on, on a pseudo contender with the Rockets. So wanted to at least say that because it hit during the podcast recording. So Yeah, I see that now. There you go. Woj breaking the news. Yeah. Woj bombs are always fun. Uh, I thought it might be Hawks related for a second, and then I looked, and it wasn't. So uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, one other guy I wanted to ask you about while I have you here, Bo, uh, is Dennis Schroeder. Uh, I haven't talked a ton about Dennis recently. I'm wondering kind of what you think of what he did um, before the All-Star break. I think, you know, in general, he's been pretty solid here. But what are your thoughts on what Dennis has been able to do as a starter for the first time, sort of over a, you know, almost a full season now? And are you are you pleased with the contract investment moving forward? He's still pretty young, all those things. I just wonder, I wonder how you feel about this right now. I mean, here, I mean, he sort of dwindled a little bit before the All-Star break. Obviously, he had that high point around, I guess it was like, December, early January, where he was just killing it, like completely like blowing like expectations like that I would ever think of what what he would have been as a starter at that point. And obviously he's starting to come back down to earth a little bit. But overall, I think as a first year starter, he's been good. I would I hesitate to say better than that. I mean, he's been solid, but at the end of the day this is also the hawks are what like the 25th ranked offense right now 
26th, uh, I believe, actually, in uh, offensive oh. rating. One of those. It's either, it's, depending on where you look, I think the basketball reference is 25th or uh, NBA.com is 26th, something like that. Uh, a bad offense is the, is the shorthand way to say <laughs> Bad offense. And it's not completely his fault, but there are still some faults with him, you know, running an offense, uh, his passing, and just his, you know, him seeing where his teammates are sometimes is still a fault, him putting his head down too much. Um, he's improving, which is good. What you want to see out of a 23, 24 year old. Uh, but there's still a lot to be desired. Obviously they chose him as the starting point guard for the future. So you need, he needs to keep these little baby steps up a little bit uh, improving. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say about him. I mean, he's been, he's fun to watch. Um, he's sometimes frustrating to watch, but for the most part, I think he's he's done he's done well. I I, I think you know, looking back a little bit when I when I get a little down on how Dennis has performed this year, I you know I take try to take a second to look back at how uh, Teague performed in his first year starting, and it wasn't overwhelming. It was a lot of the same thing. Oh, uh, you know, it's pretty good. You know, he could learn, learn this a little bit about you know finding his teammates, passing the ball. Um, Obviously, Teague didn't put his head down as much. To, Teague wasn't as much of a scorer because he had other guys around him. Uh, so, you know, I, I mean, it's his first year. There's still a lot, there's still a lot left for him to do. And it, so, uh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you all the way. I think, yeah. I think Dennis is. I think if anything, Dennis's defense has been a little bit of a, of a disappointment for me. Um, but offensively, I think he's been as good or better than I thought he would be. Honestly, he's had, you know, his career, career high PER, career high true shooting percentage. Uh, and when you factor in that, he's been asked to do probably pretty much more than ever offensively on this team. Like he's carrying a load that he probably shouldn't be carrying, uh, to be honest, because of the fact that the Hawks don't really have a ton else on the perimeter in terms of shot creation. You, mm-hmm. you have Hardaway Jr., but uh, besides that, it's a lot of Dennis offensively, which is fine. I think he does okay with it. Uh, I'm, I'm actually intrigued to see if he plays better defense moving forward, if he has some more support offensively and can sort of conserve some energy there. But that'd be my one concern. But he's still 23 years old, man. Like he's, you know, this is his, what, is his fourth, se- his fourth season, first year as a full-time starter. And we'll see how it goes. But the, the contract looks fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a four-year extension worth about 60, you know, 61, $62 million. That looks like a bargain right now for what he is, to be honest. And that'll be, that'll be, yeah, that'll basically be his prime too. He'll be, he'll be 24 through 27 for that contract. That's basically your best years you're going to get from him, you would imagine. Yeah. And luckily, especially after looking at the contracts that were handed out last summer with the cap change, you're getting 15, what is it? 15 mil, Annually for a yeah, starting point like guard, fifteen and yeah. a half million with, with with a couple of incentives, and if look, looking um, if he hits the incentives, then you'd be happy to pay him because that means he's playing well. So I mean, it, it's like up to somewhere around seventy if you if you hit every incentive. And listen, I mean, that's still fine if he's playing that well and is actually you know an average starter or or maybe a little bit better than that. That's more than worth it because he's making less money than Kent Bazemore, for instance. Uh, that's that's a deal that <laughs> doesn't look so great right now for the next three years after this one. And you know, Dennis is not going to necessarily be an all star type of player. I still have doubts that he'll ever reach that point, but I think this is probably the worst he'll be on this contract, and that's uh, that's a really good thing for a guy you have locked down. Yeah, and you bringing up Baysmore, it's nice. Just want to get a thought on him. It's nice to see him playing a lot better recently, because for part of the year he was literally like the worst starter in the NBA. So it's nice to see that he's rebounding from that. So 
Yay, Bays. Yay, yay Bays. We, 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 all, we, all, we all like Bays. I mean, I think everybody, I mean, even around, it's been kind of brutal some nights in the locker room, kind of just being around Bays more and just sensing how frustrated he's been. So uh, I'm with you all the way just to you know, see him playing better. He's not, not playing awesome or anything like that, but he's shooting the ball better. That's the most important thing, to be honest, because, you know, at worst, if he's struggling elsewhere, as long as he's making a, a reasonable amount of his jump shots, he's playable because defensively he always brings effort. He's not an elite defender. Mm-hmm. I think his defense is almost overrated, to be honest, by a lot of Hawks fans. But he's he's at least solid on that end of the floor, has some limitations, but can play, can switch on a point guard, do do some stuff defensively. And I think Bayes, you know, that contract's probably going to be bad. Uh, it, it was probably going to be bad the minute they signed it, but uh, you know, it might it might not be awful. And it's kind of at this point, it looked like it might be just disastrous, like two months ago, mm-hmm. and now it might be pretty bad instead of disastrous, which is a win, you know. And you know, the cap's going to keep going up by the end as long as he's playing, you know, about this well. It'll be uh, not a good deal, but won't be one that cripples you. Right, and you know, going with with what you were saying on <laughs> Jesus, how, how disastrous it could have been. Now we're thinking like, oh yeah, he's making shots. It's like, oh, <laughs> that yeah. makes it a not bad deal. But also, you know, what you said about his defense, you know, he brings the intensity. Uh, sometimes that helps. Uh, um, like I said, he's a little overrated. He's not as great of a one-on-one defender as some people think he is, but he plays great in space. Um, he hustles, and sometimes the hustle plays are what put you over the edge. So he, yeah, he plays he, he plays hard, man. Like, there's one thing about yeah. Bayes. Like, people were worried that he was, you know, early on it was like, oh, maybe he doesn't want to, maybe he's not trying hard anymore. It's like, no, he's actually trying too hard. Uh, early on, I think it was pretty plain to see that he was pressing and just kind of t- trying to do too much to sort of justify that contract. And now I think he settled in and kind of realized what he is, and he's he's a supporting piece. I don't think you want him to be your, your third or fourth best player. If he's your worst starter, you're probably fine. And, I mean, there's an argument, honestly, right now that he probably shouldn't be starting. I think Hardaway's been better for the season. That's not really a controversial opinion. And, and if, if Cephalosha is healthy, there's an argument to be made that Hardaway and Cephalosha are both better players right now at this moment. But, you know, Bayes is going to start. He's the, you know, the, the Hawks are attached to him for the next three-plus years once they get off that deal, and uh, him playing better is a, a very, very nice thing. Um, well, Bo, I've kept you for uh, far too long, my friend. You're a very busy man. Please tell people where they can, <laughs> where, where they can find your stuff, including a website that I also write for. So please uh, share all of your information, your Twitter account, and uh, where, they, where they can find you. Yeah, you can always find me and yell opinions at me on Twitter, at Bo Cherney. Uh, you can also find my work as of right now at fanbuzz.com, uh, where Brad mentioned he also writes sometimes. Uh, and, uh, you know... Still have Hawk Soup going, so yeah. You got uh, Graham and Eric and Avery doing great work over there. Uh, I think Eric had a great article go up recently on the Hawks' defensive woes, and uh, obviously the Hawks are still a great defense, but you know a major Hawks weakness that he pointed out recently in an article that I think is worth a read if you have time. Yeah, I read that. Check that out for sure. I hang out with Eric and Avery at games a lot. They're uh, always at Phillips Arena down, down there with me. So uh, shout out to those guys. And Graham has been on this podcast. He's a very, very smart man. I wish he was closer than uh, overseas as far as he is. But uh, that guy must never sleep, to be honest. Uh, so <laughs> shout, shout out to Graham for watching all the games and doing all the writing he does because he's a machine. So uh, thanks for doing this, Bo. I appreciate it, man. We'll have to do it again uh, shortly.
Mm-hmm. Hopefully something happens in the next couple of days. Otherwise, uh, I'm going to be low on content. But alas, here we are. <laughs> uh, thanks again for listening, everybody else. Uh, we'll be back again uh, bright and early Thursday morning. Uh, if for some reason something breaks between now and then, I'll probably do an emergency episode. But uh, if it's just a standard rumor, sort of uh, boring trade deadline, we'll be back on Thursday morning. And until then, uh, thanks for listening. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.